and welcome back to the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brading and I'm here with Sophos experts Paul Ducklin. Hello, folks. And Greg Iden. Hey. <gasps> Fido. Hey, what the, yeah, what happened? <laughs> oh, everything's changed now we're remote. Oh, goodness, yeah. Oh, how's everybody bearing up? I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, just pulling out tufts of hair and, you know, <laughs> it's amazing the artwork you can do uh, on the walls when you don't have paints. <laughs> what are you using? Don't ask. <laughs> I once went to uh, I went to a zoo in China, which was a really bad idea. And there was a, a panda just sort of walking round and round its tiny little cage, and that's how I feel. Oh, really? I feel like that panda. Oh, that's really, really sad. I know. Hang on, I should we cue up some sad violin music to begin this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Duck, how you doing? I'm quite good. Making sure I get out every day to get a bit of exercise go for a nice long bike ride. You're only allowed that once a day now. The the law says you have to be pass other people on a vehicle at one and a half metres anyway, which I scrupulously do. So making it two metres is pretty easy. You'd really hope people in any kind of vehicle would pass each other with a bit more than 1.5 metres. Don't set him off, Greg. Don't set him off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the cyclist. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's amazing that people can judge two metres when they think their health is at risk from other people coming too close to them. But when a car comes past you, it can't see that your health might be at risk if they're 15 centimetres away. Well, that's a lovely start to the podcast. It's lovely. Good. So as usual, we've picked the top three stories from the week to discuss. Coming up on today's show, Greg's going to be covering a WhatsApp hoax. Duck's going to be talking about Android malware. And I'll be talking about why we should all be careful when we're using Zoom. But before all that, here's a quick roundup of a few other stories from the last week or so. There's nothing like a global pandemic to bring out the bad guys, is there? Last week, our security team at Sovos received an email that threatened to infect the recipient's whole family with coronavirus unless they paid $4,000 into a Bitcoin address. Uh, Duck investigated this, but the proof that they know who you are, that they use, is a password, which probably was yours at one point, but hopefully isn't anymore. It's a twist on the sextortion scams that we see time and time again, which use old passwords as proof they've seen you doing something naughty on webcam. What Not was cool. really weird about that, Anna, is that they're also doing this extortion because it was dirty little secret, wasn't it, how it started? Yeah. So not only will they infect your family, they're going to they're going to after they've infected them, they'll show you all your dodgy pictures as well. So it's it's sort of uh, vile and disgusting at the same time. It's awful. And in another example of people being absolute scumbags, the website for the US Department of Health and Human Services was DDoSed last week. Um, uh, that particular website is one of the first ports of call for US citizens that are looking for information about COVID-19. Um, it wasn't brought down completely, but just sn- slowed to a snail's pace. Can't speak. Was that um, a natural DDoS? Like just because loads of people are trying to check out the information or was it actually <laughs> under an attack? Well, that's a good point, but apparently not. So apparently it can, officials, whoever they are, say it coincided, it coincided with a disinformation campaign carried out via SMS, email and social media that claimed that a US national quarantine was imminent. So I guess, I mean, I don't know, because possibly that campaign happened and then everybody's DDoS themselves. Who knows? But they're saying that it was a, it was a bad guy or girl. <laughs> Let's, let's keep PC in these yeah, times. I like it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the stolen data of a company that refused to pay a ransomware payment is now on sale. Brooks International, a professional services company, got hit by the 
revel or do we say are evil uh, it's revel or re- <laughs> uh, or revel i think yeah or are or evil s- i've heard all sorts i don't know i think most people say sodden- revel to avoid having to say evil but yeah, yeah. go on anna you do that one because that's the one people <laughs> can never say <laughs> sodden kibi I think Ooh. ransomware. Uh, so anyway, they got they got hit. They refused to pay, and now all twelve gigabytes of the stolen data is up for sale. Um, and that's especially not good because the data includes usernames, passwords, credit card statements, and tax information. So and, uh, I, the silver lining is that apparently they were able to get back up and running within what was it about a day using their own backups. Yes. So at least they did something right, which is you know hats off to them. Well, that's a nice uh, positive note to end on my gloom that I brought you. Um, so Greg can bring us more. I don't know. Is it more gloom? We had a lot. Of- <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of people reading an old story on our site this week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So, so this is, uh, I mean, the story titled WhatsApp Martinelli Hoax is back. Uh, and there's a warning about the dance of the Pope. Um, Doug, you wrote this, so I'm sure you're going to have some interesting tidbits to t- chime in with. But so, we, yeah, we warned our Twitter followers last week that a really old WhatsApp hoax message has just sort of suddenly reappeared. And this showed up in our blog article, Telemetry. So you can actually see this article from 2018, and it's had this huge influx of people finding it via Google searches and so on. So um, I actually, I think before we go any further, I want to make this super clear. This is bogus, right? This is a mm. load of made-up nonsense to scare people. And this particular example is actually known as the Martinelli hoax. Anyway, it goes like this. If you know anyone using WhatsApp, you might want to pass this on. An IT colleague has advised that a video comes out tomorrow from WhatsApp called Martinelli. Do not open it. It hacks your phone and nothing will fix it. Spread the word. And that's kind of it. I mean, there's a bit more to it, but this original hoax from 2018 added an extra line to it to make it sound extra convincing. It said, if you receive a message to update the WhatsApp to WhatsApp gold, do not click exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> I mean, there's additional ones. I won't say them all. Um, five, this, wow. in fact, I'm glad you have glad yeah. five in a row. And amazingly, every hoax that copies this keeps those five. It's always five. It seems to be a rule. (laughs) It's a copy and paste, yeah. And this is interesting because this last part about WhatsApp to WhatsApp gold, now that is actually based on a little bit of truth from, I think, back in 2016, there was a bit of malware spreading around called WhatsApp gold. And it was kind of tricking people into using it because it promoted itself with this message. Hey, finally, secret WhatsApp golden version has been leaked. This version is used only by big celebrities. Uh, I don't know if that, I assume it means famous celebrities and not just large ones um now we can use it too so it's it's weird anyway so this new version of the hoax that's i been think going this around. is like is this like the nando's is it the nando's black card isn't that what <laughs> celebrities get given i was is that not real that makes I me think, sad no, i think not. it is real do they make it for ed sheeran because he made a big deal about nando's oh did he i don't know that's I, I remember seeing him in camden ages ago he had some song about nando's to be fair i mean i'd sing about nando's that stuff's tasty <laughs> <laughs> if they want to sponsor us, please do. Yeah, well, do yeah, we'll just send us food at the moment. In the UK, Greg. Oh, don't what? It's Nando's oh, over. Is even on yeah. delivery? For the, Can for... I not have a cheeky Nando's anymore? Oh. Oh, You're just going to have to do a Netflix and chill. Maccas too. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Sorry, all the listeners. Yeah. Doom and gloom. Um, it's basically the theme of this podcast, isn't it? Cybersecurity is never that positive. Anyway, um, this new version of this hoax that's been going around, it's sort of kept, you know, as Doug said, it's kept all this text precisely, the exclamation points, the random spaces, all of it. But it also tacks on this extra bit of information. So this new version uh, is talking about a video that's still coming out tomorrow after how many years this has been doing its rounds. But anyway, the video says, sorry, the text that accompanies it says, you know, please inform all contacts from your list not to open a 
video called Dance of the Pope. It is, it is a virus that formats your mobile. Beware. It is very dangerous. They announced it today on BBC Radio. Forward this <laughs> message to as many as you can. Did you notice, Greg, that in that message there are lots of weird, spa- like, extra spaces? As though it's Anna on her on oh, her Mac. Oh, my butterfly keyboard. <laughs> I've yeah, got no... Just, can somebody just tell me how to fix it? Just tweet me or something, because I can't, I can't... I have to redo everything I type because I have either no spaces or about six. You've got to sleep, stop eating biscuits over your keyboard. It's getting all the cracks. <laughs> biscuits are all I have now, Greg. It's <laughs> all I've got. <laughs> so sorry che- please continue that's okay so we checked snopes uh snopes is a famous sort of urban legend fact checking website checks folklore and all that kind of stuff really cool website been around for years and they suggest that this dancing pope video sort of you know hoax thing has also been stemming from 2015 so look we've got wow. no idea why an old hoax is kind of resurfacing I, I think there's some speculation on why but suffice to say it is a load of hooey and you could just safely safely ignore it now i thought it'd be fun to talk about some old chain emails so i've plucked up a couple if anyone remembers any please feel free to share them but back in the day this used to be like this crazy annoying thing that everyone would send to you via email back when people really used email as like the main you know communication back on the early days of the web do you want to hear something uh, depressing fido i remember them in written form oh do you really (laughs) when when people used to do post was it handwritten it was was written with a quill with a quill <laughs> with a wax seal on it. Was yes. it delivered by a man on horse? <laughs> it was. <laughs> Sorry, please it's continue. Okay. So, so my favourite is an old classic because I totally fell for it. So the text goes, Microsoft and AOL email beta test. Uh, it's a beta test of email. And, and it's still doing the rounds on Facebook, I've heard. I, I looked into this. It's still out there circulating. And I'm pretty certain I saw it back in 2004. So the main part of the text, it's like, says, for every person you forward this email to, Microsoft will pay you, pay you $245. For every person you send it to that also forwards it on, you get an extra $243. For every third person in the chain that sends it on, you get $241. Within two weeks, Microsoft will contact you for your address and then send you a check. Because oh, wow. supposedly Microsoft are testing out email and they want to make sure everyone's using Hotmail. I guess that was what it was called back in those days. <laughs> and yeah, so supposedly you could get crazy money. But yeah, suffice <laughs> to say, Bill Gates never paid out. Bill, oh. I'm still waiting. I sent that to way too many people because let's be let's face it, me in 2014 didn't have a lot of money. Quite excited about like getting a Nintendo DS or whatever it was back then. So totally spammed uh, a lot <laughs> of people with that. I think I think kids from four different schools. I said that too so sorry anyone who remembers me sending that one around <laughs> actually that's uh, reminded me of another of a hoax that was on facebook that had bill gates holding up a sign that someone had very sort of amateurly photoshopped across that said i will give you however many thousand dollars um if you share this post and so it's just one isn't it oh my yeah. gosh i think i remember this one because that was a photoshop from bill's reddit ama so he's holding up yes. the bit of paper with like reddit on it and someone had just photoshopped it out and made it say something else yeah it's crazy because like no one gets anything for this i mean we'll come back to that i have another one i talk about this is another one that was a big favorite of mine uh it's called the you've been hit by the sexy truck <laughs> and, yeah, and, and there's this rather dapper looking ASCII truck, you know, like a picture drawn with text uh, with the words sexy truck written on the side. And it says, once you've been hit, you have to hit eight other people. If you get hit again, you'll know you really sexy. If you wow. break the chain, you'll be cursed with unsexiness for 10 years. So pass <gasps> it. 
hits whoever you think is sexy. Now, I'm pretty certain this is a genius ploy by some high school out uh, high schooler out there that's trying to figure out whether or not people like them, and so spread this email to get to see how many people sent it back to say that they thought they were sexy. <laughs> but it's then become this like global phenomenon and spread around the entire world. But yeah, anyway, wow. there are a couple I thought fun. Do you, does anyone remember any more? Duck, do you remember some like what, maybe back when they were sent via Morse code or? Dogs do talking, Angela. Remember that? Yes, I guess that's that's probably the best example, isn't it, of of a re- of why hoaxes that are security warnings, not just oh, well, you can get some money that you're never going to get. Kind of, you could argue, no harm done. But the problem is when you're forwarding things that claim to be warnings, that if people follow the advice, it will make no difference at all. It's not going to help them. Basically, you're making them take their eye off the ball. And talking Angela was that game, which was a it had a cat sitting outside a, a Parisian street cafe and you could you could talk to it and it had very basic voice recognition and suddenly there was a paedophile in the eye of the cat and it was going to kidnap your children and all terrible things that were more than just improbable were physically impossible were going to happen and people just kept on and on and on for years warning people delete this app from your phone or worse as as mark has pointed out many times so the, the, the worst part of this advice oh keep on using this app which is so dangerous but just cover the camera with your finger <laughs> and yeah, you know so the app's so dangerous that there's a paedophile in it but it's okay to use it provided it can't see you it can hear everything you're saying and it can read all your emails, but other than that, it's fine. And I think that's the problem here is that, you know, the, the advice that gets forwarded in a hoax, even if you think it's a joke and you think everyone else will get the joke, if they don't, you're part of the problem, not the solution, because you're one of the people making this keep have a resurgence like this Martinelli dance of the Pope thing. Mm. As Greg what? said, who would have thought that this 2015, then 2016, then 2018, these things were big and suddenly in 2020, you can only guess because the footballer Martinelli was in the news a lot lately. Maybe that's what got people in Europe at least searching for his name and suddenly realising, whoa, if there's any video with him in, I'm, I'm doomed, and then telling all their buddies. And it quickly gets terribly out of control. Mm. Uh, you know, which is a phenomenon you can see if you go to your supermarket and look in the toilet paper aisle right now. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's, it's weird, right? Because these chain letters and emails and, and now WhatsApp messages, they're not trying to scam people out of money, right? They're, they're just trying to get spread. Like, they, their entire goal is to spread around. They're like, um, I don't know if anyone's read Richard Dawkins, but in The, the Selfish Gene, he talks about the concept of memetics, this idea... Actually, memetics is where we get the word meme from, right? You know, memes on the, you know, from internet mm. culture. They're like the, this concept of a unit of culture. And Dawkins was looking at like how evolution uh, can be applied to, you know, culture and memetics and how we kind of have these self reproducing units of culture that spread in the minds of others. And it's kind of weird because this is exactly that, right? This is, they, they evolve, they mutate. We're seeing the same thing from years ago that's now in a slightly new way. But, you know, it doesn't do anything. It just wastes people's time. Mm. And it's it's not trying to make them pay anyone any money. It's just trying to spread its entire goal. Really odd. I find these fascinating. So, Greg, most people that's listening to this podcast aren't going to be the type of people probably that are going to spread these kind of things. But how can we tell, uh, how can they let other people know? Like, what's your advice around that? Yikes. How do we tell people not to? I mean, it's really hard, mm. right? Because it's it's effectively social engineering. Mm. And so it's going to work with the lowest common denominator. Like it, if someone 
get you know sees that email and goes oh I'm I'm really scared that oh if I don't forward this to twenty people that really blurry bitmap image in the email is going to turn into a, a scary four year old with missing eyeballs and I'm going <laughs> to die. Like, so it's really hard because it's preying upon those people who who are already inclined to sort of believe it. Mm. So I guess the advice is I mean it's standard advice you'd suggest in many cases right like don't spread unsubstantiated already de- debunked stories. You know the world's got way too much fake news already um you know if i think the other thing as well looking out for when someone claims there's some authority in it um you know that in the in the uh, martinelli sort of hoax it talks about how someone had heard it on the bbc radio like mm. just because someone says that doesn't mean it's true you know uh, i think my favorite quote is always uh, one from wikipedia which is just that citation needed which is put next yeah. to any kind of claim that hasn't actually got anything to back it up um yeah. the irony of course is that it could have been announced on bbc radio and what could have been announced is that it's all a complete hoax. <laughs> yeah, uh, true. And so that could actually be true while at the same time giving you the information you need. And, you know, we face that problem of how do you let people know? It's sort of tempting to to put out a warning saying, hey, email all your friends and tell them yeah, that tell the Martinelli not- hoax is a hoax. <laughs> and you think, so how, how do you, yeah, it, it is a problem. How do you spread that news without using the very techniques that that hoaxers love because people feel they need to forward something because it's kind of better safe than sorry. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like the, the idea of like saying, oh, well, I'm my, okay, I know people have done this and said, well, you know, just in case, but actually you're not making someone safer from protecting them against something that doesn't exist, right? This doesn't exist. Exactly. You're not protecting them from it. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. But also you're wasting people's time. Mm. And also, and I think more importantly, you're inciting fear and paranoia in people. Like yeah. when you spread on, especially the ones I remember from like 2004, which were always like, this is, this is, oh, what was the name? This is, is Clarissa. She's seven-year-old, you know, child, and she will kill you if you don't forward this on to 12 people or whatever. <laughs> like there's always had something strange like that. But all you did is make people's days worse. Yeah. Like, what a horrible thing to do. In the olden days of pens and paper, you would uh, I remember being at school and receiving one that said, you know, if you don't pass this on to 12 people, your family will die. And as a 10-year-old or whatever I was, I would I was there like frantically writing out Aww. 12 copies. <laughs> Oh, this letter. Oh, of course you're that nice that you actually did it. I'd have been like, ah, screw it. Like, you know, Who cares about them? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's even worse when instead of wasting someone's time, like with the Talking Angela hoax, this whole idea that, hey, you can make your whole family so much more secure if you just remove this one app from your phone. And it sounds like a bit of a magic bullet, doesn't it? You're going to, you remove this one app and suddenly your cybersecurity fears are over. In fact, there's nothing wrong with that app at all. It's not malware. It's not harvesting any data. It's not going to do you any harm. It's the other 999,999 bits of badware out there. (laughs) that you have to worry about yeah yeah so you're not just wasting your time you're actually you're actually causing them to do things which will make their security situation worse cool thanks fido dark you looked into some interesting android malware this week didn't you Yes, I found it interesting, but maybe disturbing or disgusting might be a better way to describe it, given that it was you-know-what themed. Mm. Uh, It claimed to be a COVID-19 tracker app. It had quite a professional-looking icon if you downloaded it and installed it. Uh, What it's supposed to do is provide you with real-time information about the level of coronavirus infections in the area where you are. So although it's 
seems a little bogus, like how can it know possibly from moment to moment, uh, meter by meter? But, you know, people, coronavirus maps are quite popular. You can understand why people might want to try this out. And of course, what it did is it tried to, it, it used that as an excuse to ask for power or permissions that it didn't need. So it said, give me background access, uh, give me access to be able to do things on the lock screen, uh, which it didn't need just to send notifications, to be honest. And it also ended up getting what's called accessibility access. Normally, that's only for something like a screen reader or a security program, but it lets you keep tabs on what app the person is using at any moment. And of course, once you've given it those powers, well, then it would pop up over any app you used except your browser and demand $250 to unlock your phone. Uh, And of course, if you didn't pay the money, not only would your phone be useless uh you'd also get all your your photos leaked is that, so it was kind of, is that true or not it's not it, it had that wasn't the case that uh, the photos part or just the popping up over your could you get rid of it you, you can although i think that may be in the case of this app because uh, the malware authors didn't try that hard. So if you know what you're doing, we've put instructions on nakedsecurity.sophos.com on how to remove this. You can reboot your phone into safe mode, for example, and then that will let you go in and uninstall the app. Because what it does is it says, oh, I need this certain power to be able to give you notifications. But actually what it does, the, the permission it ultimately requests is a thing called device admin. And as you can imagine from the name, that's a permission which should be granted sparingly. It's normally used by security software or enterprise phone management software, not by apps that you just use on a day-to-day basis. So yes, you can remove it without paying the money. That's the good news. But the bad news is you have to know what you're doing. Otherwise, it really is hard to use your phone, like no calls, no messages, because this thing just keeps popping up over the top of it. That's infuriating. I mean, I, mm. I, I've always had a real problem with uh, apps that ask for the accessibility permission. You know, you get that on Mac OS, you get it on like Android and other operating systems. I think iOS has a similar thing. And it sounds okay, doesn't it? Like accessibility permissions. You don't mm. realize that the accessibility permission also grants them like the ability to intercept like keystrokes, to screen record the entire screen because for accessibility reasons, there's lots of software that will, you know, need to do that to, you know, for someone who's blind to turn it into, you know, text on the screen into spoken word. And so there's a lot of very capable and powerful permissions that are often badged as accessibility. And so I think mm. someone that's installing an app goes, oh, it wants the accessibility feature. Oh, fair enough, because that doesn't sound scary. Accessibility is usually quite a pleasant thing. We like to think it's as, as, a, as a positive part of society that we try and make the world more accessible. So I, it's it's always, always bugged me that that permission has so much power yet is badged as something that feels kind of comfortable and safe and normal. Yes. And even like the thing that you really ought to have if you, if you, you know, care about people in general. Uh, the good news is that if you stick to Google Play, then apps that request the accessibility permission are quite seriously policed. So you need a good reason to be able to do it. Obviously, as you said, Greg, if like if you're a screen reader, you have to be able to read the text that is on other app screens, yeah, which yeah. is clearly a security risk. So imagine you want to trust that program a lot. Likewise, if you use Sophos Intercept X for mobile, uh, you can grant us the accessibility permission if you wish, it's optional, and then we'll be able to see links that you're about to go to before you go there 
as and the reason we give is that it will help us head you to prevent you going to dangerous sites. So you need a good reason for that. And just well, I need it to be able to do notifications. It, it, is it, that's not what it means, and it is a, yeah. that's yeah. why the good news is this app couldn't have got in. I don't think it would possibly have been able to get into Google Play because Google would have just gone, no, you, first it's about coronavirus, and secondly, accessibility, accessibility permission, not apposite for this app. So, of course, it's off-market, but people love to go off-market when they think they're getting something that, whoa, Google banned it because mm. coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. So that in itself is a kind of attraction that says you might be getting something that the man is trying to prevent you acquiring by regular means. It's not It's not like Play Store guarantees that it's not uh, malware or something bad, is it? Yes, I don't want to overstate that. You know, Google Play is better than the free-for-all of mm. some of these off-market places where they're specifically designed to allow programmers who haven't got a hope of getting into Google Play to give them open slather to do what they want. Mm. So there is a bit of a of a wild west out there. But having said that, Google Play, it's a good start, but in my opinion, it's not enough on its own because you know Google is not actually vetting each of those apps by having an analyst look through it. They're using automated techniques that look out for obvious and egregious violations. And Sophos Labs regularly comes across malware or what we call fleeceware, which is an app that's just about legal. But if you don't cancel your subscription within three days, you'll suddenly end up paying a vast amount of money for nothing. And so adware and stuff like that. So no, Google Play alone is not really enough to 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 keep you completely secure. But for apps like this that are just going out of their way to grab permissions they don't deserve or need, uh, it, it, it is a, a good place to start. And the last thing that you can actually learn from the analysis we wrote up on this app, which is quite interesting, is just how easy it is for one app to take what you might call the marketing goodwill of another. Mm. Uh, because there was there were bits of this that looked a bit more professional than the rest of the app. And when I went digging around, I found out that their marketing stuff where they said, oh, I've got 4.4 Play Store review level, which of course they're not in the Play Store. How on earth did they get that review? I found a genuine app that they just borrowed all the icons and the verbiage and the 4.4 Play Store rating. And they just grafted that into their own website and grafted other people's stuff into their own app. So the other thing is, when wherever you are reading about an app, don't be blinded by the app's own propaganda about itself. Obviously, companies are allowed to talk up their app online, but the reviews that you see there could have been written by anybody and very probably were. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks, Doug. So I'm going to talk about Zoom bombing. Um, You're going to talk about what? Zoom bombing, Friday. Bombing zooms. Bombing zoom. <laughs> exactly. You have well, to actually, unpack this for me a little. <laughs> oh, this is, this is we need not to, going to be good. We need to talk about a about Zoom and how it's made my life a bit more easy in the last couple of weeks. So I have actually been, before the UK was put on lockdown, I was self-isolating for a, a week before that because my son had a fever, not coronavirus as far as I know. Um, and uh, so I've been doing a lot of video calls. Um, I'm sure everybody else has. How about you guys? Constantly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is sort of a video call, isn't it? Although it's an audio call, video call, because it's a podcast, not a vodcast. Um, 
I think yeah. we probably just call it a podcast. But oh, we no, do. No, but I mean, we're doing it remotely yes. using a, a, a sharing app. Our team app. meeting we use every week. We're now using Zoom instead of being in the office together. So, yeah. um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a Zoom is a widely used video conferencing service, and we use it at Sophos. And we're not the only one. Uh, we're not the only company. It's obviously become a lot more popular in recent weeks. My mum is now doing. Um, yoga via zoom um my son's classes have gone virtual and being carried out on zoom as well as youtube and facebook live as well so um it's it is amazing how people have all come together and they're all they've all gone virtual but um uh yes very grateful to zoom uh, and i'm not the only one because the stock price has gone up by more than 100 percent, which is while the economy around us is crashing it's not bad for zoom um so Another thing that people are using it, well, meetings aside and yoga, uh, people are using it to host virtual casual meetups so that those stuck in their houses, which is basically everybody in the entire world, can feel connected to everybody else. Just fab. So one of those meetings that I'm about to talk about uh, was the WFH Happy Hour, which is a daily Zoom call hosted by The Verge reporter Casey Newton and investor Hunter Walk. Um, and uh, so this particular um happy hour Casey had some guests of honour <laughs> at it and the guests of honour were his parents so you should know that because of what's coming next um, and uh, you'll see where it's going this is going to hurt so everybody there was all happily hanging out um, I don't know what they talk about I haven't actually seen it but I imagine they're all having a nice time because it's happy hour um, and up pops a troll with a naughty video um Actually, Greg, um, do you remember on this podcast when you were teaching Mark about the internet and you used cups and a piece of string? <laughs> yes, yes. Yogurt pots, but yes. Oh, well, let's say they were cups because this is where my analogy's going. Okay. You're going to ruin it. So let's pretend they're cups. Okay, they're cups. Imagine there were two. That you'd need two. Oh, no. Imagine there was one. That's a really lonely internet. <laughs> but two girls. <laughs> You know what? You know what? We are on an audio podcast and I have my eyes tightly closed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so everybody got shown that video along with some other similar videos. Um, don't know how many cups, how many girls were involved. Um, when the person was blocked, they just kept re-entering the meeting under a different name and Zoom and then they Zoom bombed the place again. Who knew it was called Zoom bombing? It is now. Um, and so they just kept putting more these sexual videos up over and over again. So in the end, the host just had to end the call. And Casey, unfortunately, had to apologize to his parents, who probably, <laughs> weren't, oh dear. probably weren't expecting his their son's work to be so X-rated. Sorry, I've got to cough. <coughs> it's been nice knowing you, Anna. My husband has used some quite strong deodorant upstairs, and it has come downstairs through a locked door <laughs> so I'm just trying not to die here hold on oh no I shouldn't make any jokes about dying hold on or coughing really I said it out the coughing um so the problem stems from the fact that by default anybody in a zoom meeting can share their video screen or audio which is obviously fab if you're just holding a work meeting, but not so good if you yes, are. Yes, because in work, there's an element of responsibility, right? You, well, you supposedly yeah. know who the other people are. And if one of them goes off piste, then they're going to get into trouble with HR. And re- and well, yeah, but more, more than that, it's just really handy to have a, you know, to be able to yeah. share your video on your screen. Um, that's the whole point of, you know, the virtual 
part of it. It's, it's great that you can do that. So before you host a meeting like the WFH happy hour, uh, it's worth making sure that screen sharing options are set to host only. So you can find this under advanced settings and there's an option who can share under screen sharing and it's host only or all participants. By default, all participants is selected. You need to change that to host only. Um, and some other advice that we offered on the Naked Security article was you can disable join before hosts so that people can't cause trouble before you arrive. You can enable co-hosts so you can assign others to help moderate. So say I hold a, I hold the meeting and then I make Greg and Duck my co-hosts so that they can also moderate. You can disable file transfer so no one's sharing any offensive slash malware slash anything gross. Uh, you can also disable allowed removed participants to rejoin. So booted out attendees can't slip back in as easily. Yeah, that's really good advice. I, I For people using things like Discord as well, I've had some friends have a similar situation to this. Mm. Which not just, uh, well, it was just having an open social server on, on Discord. Anyway, you know, there's similar things. You've got permissions and roles that you can create in Discord. So similarly here, you can, you know, create the specific role, make sure that people have to have it if they're going to be able to do things like upload images and so on. So yeah, definitely dive into the settings of any kind of big social chat app you're using to see if there's anything you do to restrict, uh, you know, what people can do by default. Uh, exactly because you've got this is about zoom but it just happens to be about zoom it's the same for everything um and i don't let this incident put you off as well because the efforts that people are going to to help isolated people feel less alone is like absolutely amazing and we should keep doing that and just this morning i was doing there's a um a guy he joe wicks who's done lean in 15 books and he's he's a sort of oh, fitness yeah. trainer I've got his good cookbook he's great yeah he is and he's doing he's doing pe for kids and so at 9 a.m this morning we were doing that and that was on youtube actually but these things are really good and it's great to see people doing it we just need to make sure we check the settings because no one wants to see that during happy hour they're too right. Definitely not. <laughs> and I guess that the flip side of that advice, Anna, is that if you're hosting a Zoom meeting with colleagues for the first time that you've never been a host before, it's kind of tempting to go, oh, well, what we'll do is we'll I'll just open it up to everybody and then I'll let them know where to come along and then we'll worry about the security side of it maybe for the next meeting. You need to be careful if you are hosting a meeting that's supposed to be private, don't make it public and hope that nobody else will n- notice because you might find people wandering in and then they won't be photobombing you. They'll be keeping very quiet so they can find out what you're talking about. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, everyone. So, Duck, where can we find you on social media? I am at DuckBlog on Twitter and at PDucklin on Instagram. Greg? You can find me on the Twitters as <laughs> at SecBug, uh, short for security bug, and you can find me on Reddit as for, was it forward slash you forward slash SecBug. Uh, you find me on the software subreddit as well. And I'm at Anna Brady on Twitter, and we are at Naked Security. Please rate and review our podcast. We had a few nice reviews in the last in the last month, and I sent them on to our bosses, so that was very nice. Um, if you can tolerate Facebook, we're live on there weekly. Duck has been doing well. He's he did his first outside broadcast live on Facebook, which was fab. Oh, yeah, so, Port Meadow, right? That was great. Yes, I was not only more than two meters away; I was more than two hundred meters away from the nearest person. <laughs> Fabulous. So you're going to have to do that as part of your one exercise a day, Duck. 
Yes. <laughs> you, spot carefully. <laughs> exactly. You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, nakedsecurity.sovos.com. So until next time, stay secure. Stay secure. Stay secure. And well. Oh, it's a bit late there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>